Folks, hello, it is Alex, and I am so excited for this weekend because this Saturday, December 18th, is going to be the first ever live episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. I have never done a live one before. I also have amazing guests worked out because this is going to be an internet live stream show. It's not in a theater or whatever. We're doing it online so all of you can come, all of you can make it. And also that lets me gather an just incredible guest lineup of Katie Golden Adam Todd Brown, and Andrew T. All at once. Katie Golden, Adam Todd Brown, Andrew T. All on one show. And again, that live episode is this Saturday, December 18th. This live episode is patron exclusive. You have to be a backer in order to see the live show. Also, if you are a backer, you get to just go ahead and see the live show. You don't have to buy tickets or or anything. You're already somebody who makes this entire thing possible. So obviously you are invited to this party. That's going to be a really fun live episode like never before. So thanks for listening and happy holidays. And I'm hoping to see you at the live show. The letter X, known for being rare, famous for being X-shaped. Nobody thinks much about it. So let's have some fun. Let's find out why the letter X is secretly incredibly fascinating. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. Two amazing guests return this week, David Christopher Bell and Tom Ryman, our comedy makers, podcasters, live streamers, and so much more. They make a bunch of that stuff, in particular one podcast that is very relevant here called Fox Mulder is a Maniac. Uh, but they make a lot of that stuff under the shared name Gamefully Unemployed. Also, Tom is an associate editor at the entertainment website Collider.com. He's a new columnist for the incredible comedy website 1900 Hot Dog. Dave is a writer of films and a writer of scripts for the Some More News YouTube channel. These guys are multi talented and very busy, and I'm so glad they made time to return and be awesome on this podcast once again. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Canarsie and Lenape peoples. Acknowledge Dave and Tom each recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielina Wartongva and Keech and Chumash peoples. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about the letter X. That's the top patron chosen topic for this month. Many, many thanks to Vivek Radhakrishnan for just a fantastic suggestion. Thank you, buddy. Very exciting. This is the first episode of this podcast that has ever covered a letter, which is such an amazing angle. I hope we do more. In the meantime, please sit back or sit with a stack of children's alphabet books and try to find one that doesn't fill out X with the xylophone. Either way, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with David Christopher Bell and Tom Ryman. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Dad. 
Dave, Tom, it is so wonderful to have you back. And of course, I always start by asking guests their relationship to the topic or opinion of it. I, I think I also have one guest for you guys here. But uh, but what do you think of the letter X? Mm. Oh, man. X is a very important letter to me, particularly in the 90s. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> first of all, everything's extreme. You got to have that there. It was sure. You started the 90s strong with X-Men. Uh, yeah. And the X Files, um, like really from from like 1992 to like 1996, X was like a big deal for me. Yeah, easily my favorite letter. I'm gonna have to agree here. Also, later in life, I I discovered the band X, which I also really like. So yeah, uh, everything wow. you're saying, Tom. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of X in my life. Mm-hmm. Is there a yeah? The band X is great. Great band. Are they different from the XX? Which is another band? Uh, I guess so. I didn't know there was a band called the XX. I know the XX. X is a is a is a punk band. I saw okay. them once live. It's different. I think they're very old. They're they're they they're like they were around in like seventies eighties, uh, and I I don't think they tour anymore. They were in the X Files soundtrack as well. Wait, really? Uh, I mean, that's that soundtrack perfect, being yeah. songs to the key of X. Yeah, that's that that's just good branding. That's just smart. Yeah, yeah. they were in the um episode three tom the one where Mulder hunts vampires yeah sure yeah yeah, yeah that one <laughs> my guess for one connection was obviously the x-files because you guys do an amazing podcast called fox Mulder is a maniac everyone please check it out gamefully unemployed but and it's uh Thank you. it's Thank like you. i've never i still have not actually watched that tv show i've just consumed it through you guys talking about <laughs> it and it's the best <laughs> <laughs> you should you should you should definitely watch it now that you've listened to all these episodes that we've done mm-hmm. because it it changes the show like it's a different show <laughs> it really is because i and i don't do great with some horror and so i never watched it you know when it was on because it seemed like horror right. i was afraid but i i like learning how nuts it is it's great yeah it yeah. seems like horror i wouldn't say it is horror uh it does have some like grotesque some creepy moments uh there in point of fact it has an episode called grotesque which is about gargoyles that is that hey. is true where Mulder loses his mind over gargoyles mm-hmm. oh i can fold that and in. the reveal is that he wasn't possessed yeah yeah no it's a it's a <laughs> listen we're just going to talk about this now it's an episode where they imply that he's been possessed by a gargoyle spirit sure. the reveal is that someone else has which means that all the weird Mulder was doing um was just him was just him just him yep those are just decisions he made right that's just Mulder vanilla that's just exactly. standard yeah. issue it's him having a regular week yeah it's this behavior so I yeah I guess that sums up our experience yeah, yeah. With so I, I, I feel pretty strongly about the letter X I have it, I have the most feelings for X that, than yeah. any other letter it's yeah. also, in in my opinion, the coolest looking letter, while somehow being the simplest letter, the laziest letter, because <laughs> uh, it yeah. feels like the first letter you would come up with when you're designing an alphabet. I mean, honestly, hmm. if we're gonna if we're gonna if we're that gonna start split, I was gonna say if we're gonna start splitting these hairs, technically I and O are the laziest letters. Yeah, that's true. But it's up there, right? Like, yeah, it's, it X was definitely in like the first hour of inventing the alphabet. Mm. Uh, is how I assume. I assume it was like a brainstorming session, wherever a bunch of people got together, uh, and I assume X was like one of the in the top five first letters that they figured out because it's just 
choop, choop, just two, <laughs> and you're done. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. That, is, that is the sound of drawing an X. That's incredible. Yeah, uh, that's what X sounds like. Everybody knows it. <laughs> sounds like somebody's drawing an X over there. <laughs> and and Tom, I think your '90s oriented experience of a lot of it is very true for a lot of people. I, like I, I remember mm-hmm. a lot of things like that. And then for me also, I have an X in my name. Yeah, even, unless you short it all the way down to oh Al. Oh my God, you do. That's true. I, I have an X in oh. Alex. But I, I remember we were learning cursive in second grade. And for some reason, the teacher that I had in second grade made a big point of like, and now we were going one letter at a time. And they were like, and now that we've learned these letters, this student can write their whole name in cursive and this student can, you know, and, and so they did it that way. But they saved X because it's rare. And then, so like, I was one of the last kids in the class who was considered able to write their name in cursive, even though wow. I could clearly see how it was written. I was like, can I just jump ahead? I, I, I could do that one. And they were like, no, 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 you, were, you haven't learned it. Like, no, I, I can do it. You were being, you were being discriminated against. Yeah. That's, that's awful. That's right. For you your were, name, for you your being, ex name. You were being X'd out. Yeah. Uh, mm. A second, a second ago when you, when you said, when you, when you proudly announced that you have an X in your name, like it, it, it truly threw me for a loop for a second. Like I was like, <laughs> is, is Alex's middle name Xavier? <laughs> I just didn't. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it sneaks in there. At the it end. sneaks in there at the end. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my middle name is Charles Xavier, actually. It's the yeah. entire oh, yeah. name, Charles Xavier. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> Charles uh, Xavier, Professor X, the leader of the X-Men. All of that is mm, Alex's middle yeah. name. <laughs> I just blow X's. out online forums. It's, they're, they're destroyed. <laughs> oh, man. I, I feel like congratulations on the X. <laughs> yeah, honestly, congrats on the X. It's a real achievement having an X in your name. Hey, thank you. That is, it's cool because it starts with an A. So like, you're 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 almost at the end of the alphabet too. Like you got start of the alphabet, mm. end of the alphabet. Uh, Just that's about, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah, I, I've, all the components really come together because it does swing through <laughs> yeah, like that. You know? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Also, I love it. I love saying it. I'm proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> People often ask me why I say my name over and over again, and it's because it's just it's 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 just a winning name. It's a real winner's name, and I love to say it. Mm. <laughs> While we're celebrating, I think from here we can get into uh, get into the first main chunk of the show here. Because sure. on every episode, our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics. This week, that's in a segment called "Mommy Does Math." Daddy does math. They count, add, and subtract numbers. Statistics, statistics, but don't multiply away. Way, way. Oh, nailed it. Thank Beautiful. You. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I was I, I think I was legitimately fueled by excitement about my name. I think that really <laughs> I think that made it happen. Uh, good. Good. Let it out there. It's you pure. Know? It's yeah, it's organic. Yeah. That's what we that's what we like in yeah, our podcasting. Just, it was like a big ramp, you know? I just mm-hmm. I just took the, the skateboard off it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh and that name was submitted by Spencer Diedrich. Hey Spencer, thanks, man. We have a new name Thank for this segment you. every week. Please make them as silly and wacky as, and bad as possible. Submit to SipPod on Twitter or to SipPod at gmail.com. Uh, numbers about the letter X here. 
the first number very easy to get into. It is 26th out of 26. Mm. Last, last in the order, 26th out of 26. That is the letter X's ranking for frequency as the starting letter of a word in written English. It is Man. the least used starting letter. That makes sense. Uh, if someone asked me what is the least frequent starting letter, that would be my answer. Yeah, not surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't immediately guess it. Yeah, I wouldn't immediately guess it. Like, I, th- I would think maybe it was like a trick and maybe it would be something wacky like, I don't know, like I, even though I right. probably starts a whole ton of letters. Right, right. No, or yeah, like that's Z, the thing. Man, that... even Z beats it out. That's Yeah, there's tons of Z words. That's true. Zebra, that's one. Yeah, and that's the only one, but that's more than X. You know? Zeppelin, that's two. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is that sort of thing where it feels too simple. It does feel like if someone asked me the question yeah. point blank, I would assume it's a trick, but mm-hmm. it is, yeah, of course. I just, I Of course want, it's X. I want X to know that I thought better of it. Yeah. Before before I learned the truth about it, that was just no. It's what you what you assumed about them. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to believe the worst about you, X. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're giving me no choice. That stat is coming from a book called Language Visible by classic scholar David Sachs. He goes through all twenty six letters in order. In mm, the Latin is it alphabet. Sachs with an X? Like, is it David Saxophone? Oh, that would be amazing. No. Yeah, right? It's oh, not? Dang. Oh, my gosh. I Man, that's a no, shame. It's, it's S-A-C-K-S. It would be so much better if it was the instrument. Right. Oh, it man. Be- Sex, if you're listening, you know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, can, you, can, you can be the hero in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where's baseball great Steve Sachs from that Simpsons episode, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. When's he going to write a book? That's anyway. <laughs> About the letter X. Yeah. <laughs> So no. this nothing to do with baseball. This this, <laughs> this gentleman went through every letter and just like looked up all the words. And he is that is that he's just citing people who've studied like corpuses of English language writing. But uh, got it. But in the X section, he says that it's the least common starting letter. And then the next number here is twenty fifth out of twenty six, because depending on how you measure it, it's at least the second least common letter in just general English writing. Mm-hmm. The least common is Z. Z is at the bottom there. Yeah. yeah that's like, where it belongs. So you have X's more in the middle of things. That makes sense. I mean, I, I don't know. I have this like, it's not true, but I have this misconception that like if you're later in the alphabet, you use you use it less, which isn't true at all. Oh, That's not yeah. true at all. But you got X, Y, and Z right there next to each other, and I think it gives Y a bad rep because I feel like Y is used a lot, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's right there hanging out with those, you know, those do nothings, uh, yeah. X and Z, yeah. kind of bringing its reputation down. Yeah, yeah. Y got its application deferred because of X and Z. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're a bad influence Just on Y. Association with those two miscreants. Yeah. It really does feel that way, though, that like because <laughs> of those bottom letters. You're yeah. like, ah, probably all three of them are lame, well, and Y is like, I'm almost a vowel. I'm very common. What, yeah, what are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> Stop lumping me with these two losers. Yeah, it's, it's like the it's like the one good song on the B side of an album. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's weird because like Z and X, we don't. It doesn't feel like we need them that much. Like. Uh, a CK will do it just fine with an X. Mm-hmm. And like a Z is just like an S that needs more zest to it. You know, like it's just a, it's a spicy S. 
and and like we could probably replace it with s yeah if we wanted to but like there's yeah there's those little occasions where it's like we just we kind of need them so i don't know i guess i don't hate them but they do they do feel like redundant and also the the rest of the bottom of Alphabet usage was surprising to me because apparently usually X is the 25th most used letter. But depending on which set of texts you count, sometimes it can be a little higher in the rankings. Okay. And if it's higher, it'll also be above Q. Hmm. And then possibly the next letter it's sometimes ahead of is J, which shocked me. I thought J is way more common than that. That's a real upset. More common than J? That's a real upset. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it depends which set of text you're looking at, but sometimes it can be as high, X can be as high as 23rd in the rankings above Z and Q and J. I'm not buying it. <laughs> yeah. I don't buy it. Yeah. I think that's a mistake. I think someone's, I think that's like, that's big X trying to push its X yeah. agenda on the world. I think X is <laughs> greasing some palms there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it might partly be because the letter G can do J sounds a lot, you know, like it actually mm-hmm. makes it less common than we think. But either way, it's uh, very surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the next number here, there's a lot of years in these numbers this week. The next number is 1952. And 1952. The year X was born. <laughs> <laughs> a little weird baby. Uh, so 1952 is the year when the former Malcolm Little was released from prison after serving a six-year sentence. Upon release, he changed his name to Malcolm X. Ah. And he also joined the Nation of Islam movement and encouraged other people in it to adopt the X last name as well, uh, because the X was meant to signify an original lost tribal name that's separate from American names that spring from slavery for a lot of black people. Oh. I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Yeah. It's so it's funny. I never even it. Yeah, I never even thought about the meaning behind it, which is kind of my fault, but like that yeah, that's yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, I think my brain until this moment was just like, yeah, cool last name. I like yeah, that's right. a, it's a cool cool yeah, X. That's that sounds great. Uh, but the fact that it has a meaning behind it, yeah, makes a lot more sense now. It does feel just sort of generally hardcore beyond the, right. the actual meeting he chose. And, and yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's undeniably yeah. hardcore. What, yeah. What if, yeah. What it's, if he was like, I'm Malcolm X now because I'm straight edge. Like, what if that's why right. he did it? Uh, yeah. He's doing like the straight edge X's. I'm cutting on his, out on sugar. His, yeah. <laughs> and the, the other thing I didn't know until researching is that Malcolm X also changed names again and actually dropped that name. In 1964, he renounced the Nation of Islam completely, a lot because of its violence and also other issues with it. And then later that year, he took a pilgrimage to Mecca, and after the pilgrimage, was inspired to adopt the name El-Hajj Malik El-Shabazz. Oh. And so the, the press still kept calling him Malcolm X, I, I think partly because they just weren't comfortable with like Arabic and Islamic names, but... But he was not named Malcolm X at the time of his death. He, he had wow. moved on from it after a little over a decade of being called that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, same. I, I think part of it's like you ever have a friend who changes their name and it's like like to like a cool nickname or something like that. Like, yeah. um, and it's always hard to remember them by their, yeah, their new name or something like that. I had a friend who insisted on becoming, being called Blackheart. Um, and I knew him as Blackheart, Whoa. but then there was a bunch of people who just called him by his old name because it's like, yeah, I'm not going to f- call you that. 
I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, but I don't think that's the case with Malcolm X. No. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are kind of two levels of name change, I feel like. Like, there's where it's really deeply personal to you, and then there's just like, I don't know, what if we called me lightning and you're like all right i guess yeah, yeah. yeah. i want to be called i want to be called razor all right, right. <laughs> yeah i asked yeah i asked to be called uh nunchucks for a while no one did it uh and wow. i get it. Uh, if you'd have, if you'd have asked me i would have thought about it thank you yeah no problem nunchucks yeah. <laughs> but yes it is it is uh, uh, different than what we're talking about yeah yeah right <laughs> Also, if anyone hears me typing very loudly, I am changing the podcast description. My guests are Nunchucks and Tom. Nice. Nunchucks, thanks for being here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll come up with something. Yeah, you will. It'll be cool. By the end of this podcast, you right. will come up with something. Well, I'll have new names, yeah. <laughs> well, in the next number here, another year, it's 1968. And 1968 is the year when the Motion Picture Association of America introduced its film rating system, which we still have today. But from then until 1990, they had an X rating. Uh, the letter represented the word extreme, it turns out. Hell yeah. Wow. <laughs> which is deeply that. 90s to me, even though that's not what happened. It's, it's weird that it ended in 1990, because it should have thrived right. in 1990. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was completely in keeping with a time it skipped. Yeah. Uh, what? Do you know? I, I don't actually know the answer to this. What is some of the bigger X-rated films out there? Uh, Scarface, right? Really? Yeah, I believe the first cut of Scarface was rated X. I mean, that makes sense. I also, I oddly know from the Jimmy Carter episode of this show, because he screened it at the White House, but Midnight Cowboy had an oh, X rating yeah. all the way through and is like the rare movie to be shown in movie theaters and win best picture, even though it that's was rated X. Very funny because that's like a PG 13 nowadays. It feels like, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. It's like when orgasmo got an NC 17. Yeah. And it's like, that's adorable. That's like, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and speaking of NC 17, that is what replaced the X rating in 1990. Apparently, the MPAA decided that the X had pretty much just become censorship. Like, it, it shut down the distribution of a movie. Uh, it's partly because pornographers discovered there's no law against just calling your movie X-rated or triple X-rated. You don't actually have to have the MPAA tell you. Right. And so it became associated with pornography. They switched to NC-17 to try to get, like, a different adult rating going. And now we don't use it anymore, the X-rating. Oh, here's I just looked it up real quick just to see. Here's a couple more. Uh, Clockwork Orange. Uh oh, yeah. Sweet Sweetback's badass song. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh The Evil Dead. Oh yeah, that makes sense too. Really? And uh and Robocop. Robocop had to be edited <laughs> eleven times before uh, they gave it an R rating. <laughs> that actually makes sense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what does NC seventeen stand for, do we know? It's no uh, children admitted under age seventeen. That's the, yeah. the general but meaning. But then R is restricted to 18, right? Well, R is 17 
like no one under 17 is is admitted without, without a, a guardian got it and so nc17 nc17 is nobody under 17 right yeah. nc17 is not like it's cool i got this like 40 year old yeah, dude i got this me. dude to say he's yeah. my dad it's like no that's actually feels worse uh yeah yeah it's actually way worse yeah. i feel like we're promoting a worse thing yeah. by an institute instituting okay, this that, uh, rating system that makes sense yeah. still x is such a cooler rating like that's a real shame. Sounds cooler. It's it it does seem more dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Like it has a dangerous connotation to it. Yeah, NC seventeen is too much explanation on there. Or it sounds like more official. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like it, it's it on like truly, and I'm sure this is probably a, a part of the reasoning behind it is it sound it sounds less severe. Yeah. It, this is it, I think it definitely is because it's X also just sounds sexier which is probably why <laughs> pornos were like yeah we're x like pornos don't want to be like "Ooh, we're nc17 baby it's nah, just like yeah, they, yeah, yeah that is not appealing <laughs> so i think that that does feel like the where they were like they're using it wrong they like the x like we got to make it something bland and boring so yeah. that movies don't want to be x wow we got we got to make it sound like a, a form you have to fill out right yeah, NC it does 17. sound like a tax form. Like X, yeah. X just sounds like it rules. Yeah. Like you want to see this X-rated movie? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like it's there's probably that Simpsons joke where there was kids going to see an X-rated movie and it was Midnight Cowboy <laughs> and like they're like, "Oh, okay. I mean, I guess." Oh, like when they're chanting Barton Fink cuz it's R-rated and they're excited. Yeah. Yeah, Barton Fink or Naked Lunch. <laughs> they do that gag a few times. You walk out in Nelson. I can think of at least two things wrong with that title. <laughs> um, solid gag. <laughs> Next number here, it's a range of years. It is 1965 through 1980. And 1965 through 1980 is, according to the Pew Research Center, like the official set of birth years for Generation X. To be Ooh. part of Generation X in the United States, you have to be born sometime between 1965 and 1980. And before that is boomers, after that is millennials. That's so weird. Because, huh. yeah. Tom, you and I were at the cutoff, right? Yeah. You too, Alex, right? We're all more or less on the cutoff. I'm like into millennials, but I always think I am not. <laughs> it always sounds that's, wrong. Yeah, that's how we're pretty. We're we're on the old end of millennium. Yeah, yeah. I was born yeah. in eighty four. I think I think my sister was born in eighty one. And it it's that thing where like I think we remember Gen X stuff in the pop culture a lot more vividly. So it like yeah. I remember growing up and thinking like, am I Gen X? I feel like I'm Gen X. And then learning I was millennial uh, is kind of a shocker. Yeah, Millennial but, is officially 1981 all the way to 1996. Yeah. And I was born in 88 and feel no connection to people born in 96. Right. They're, they're I think, tiny children. Don't correct yeah. me. No one check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they're all still seven years yeah. old, right? Yeah. Yeah. 96 was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that unites us is that none of us have any money. Uh, and so yeah. that's it. Yeah, we're all we're all bitterly united yeah. by that. Yeah. That yeah. common factor. <laughs> we have X dollars. Exactly. The, uh, <laughs> That's it. Doesn't quite work. My, but my, yeah. Every time I look at my bank account, it's just a bunch of X's. Mm. <laughs> it's X rated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like X is like streaming down like that 
code in the matrix like no no yeah, stop exactly. stop <laughs> please <laughs> too many i have no more money to x out <laughs> Next, uh, this is a more fun range of years here. The next one is 1977 through 1981. 1977 through 1981 is the years when it's considered that the X-Men series of comic books really became a hit. Ooh. Heck yeah, that's Chris Claremont years, I believe. Exactly right. That's why. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, that's like Dark Phoenix and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently apparently the the first X-Men comic book came out in September 1963. But according to Bradford W. Wright, the author of Comic Book Nation, he says that X-Men comics did not sell well. And by the early 1970s, Marvel was just reprinting old ones. They weren't even making Mm -hmm. new ones. And then from 1977 through 1981, writer Chris Claremont and artist John Byrne took over. Claremont and Byrne, quote, transformed X-Men from a second-tier bi-monthly series to the best-selling title in the industry, end quote. Yeah, most of the good X-Men storylines you've heard of are probably written by Chris Claremont. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, you guys both know comics real well, and that's really cool you knew that name. Because, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. didn't really. I'm just like, I think he wrote a Wolverine book I read, and that was kind of all I'm I knew. I'm sure he did, yeah. <laughs> Before right. that. I'm, I'm I, I'm I'm sure Jeff is listening to this episode and just shouting yeah. at us right now. <laughs> but yeah, mainly yeah. the popularity was because of Cyclops, right? Nobody like people couldn't get enough Cyclops. Everybody <laughs> was like, "This is a a Cyclops nation now." Yeah, everything was built around uh, our love of Cyclops. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah, you're saying that facetiously, but no, it's it's true. It's Cyclops. It's that's all true. Yeah. They briefly considered changing the name of the company from Marvel to Cyclops Comics. Cyclops, yeah. <laughs> right, too many letters. C's. him in every title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, too many C's. Let's put an X in one of those C's. Yeah, the, and yeah, the, this Claremont and Byrne team, apparently they introduced multiple distinctive female characters, including Phoenix, like you mentioned, also Shadowcat and Rogue. Uh, they also brought Wolverine over from originally being a side character in Hulk comics. Yeah, he was a Hulk villain. Uh, and then also just wrote really good stories. And so that made X-Men like a thing we have heard of today. They're not a, a like random forgotten thing that never became a, a Marvel movie. Mm. Yeah, if I I may be speaking out of turn. And again, like I said, Jeff's probably listening to this and shouting at the uh, speaker. Yeah, Jeff May. Uh, he doesn't like Jeff sports. Jeff May, yeah. It's pretty tough. He hates yeah, them. He hates he sports. Hates sports. <laughs> he also hates the X-Men. But yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure like X-Men was Marvel's only book that sold like all the way up through the 90s. It was. Like, it, it, it remained its best-selling book it was, for like since then. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's definitely the first thing I ever heard of with Marvel, you know? like Me too, yeah. Obviously, the animated series. Like, I remember when they were like, "They're making an Iron Man movie," and I was like, "I don't know what that is." Uh, like, I like <laughs> yeah. for the longest time, it was just, yeah, it was just the X Men. That's it. <laughs> That's literally it. Yeah, yeah I think I, I remember knowing the name Iron Man from Ghostface Killer, but also right. I think I think I thought Iron Man was Colossus from X Men. Like, oh, yeah, that guy made out of metal. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's not not Iron Man. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he's the big metal dork. Yeah. Next number here is another pop culture thing, but it's November 15th, 2001. Specific day, November 15th, 2001. 
That is the North America launch date of the first Xbox video game console. Oh, yeah, sure. So, like, marginally over 20 years ago, the Xbox yeah. rolled out. I think they they just did a promotional thing with, with Dwayne The Rock Johnson because The Rock, I'm pretty sure, uh, was part of the event where they debuted the Xbox, where they, like, revealed it to the public. Like, he was the presenter. Really? I mean, that makes so much cool. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> Yeah. I mean it makes I sense. Two thousand one. Yeah, that was like that. Yeah. the height of the Rock's WWE career. Yeah. Even aren't there aren't there a bunch of X's in wrestling names, like NXT and stuff? They do they do that yeah. all the time. It's extreme. X-Pac. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. extreme. Extreme, yeah. It's extreme. It's, it's so extreme. Yeah. It's very extreme. <laughs> Is that what the X stands for? Is it extreme box? I assume so. I've never had an Xbox. I actually I had I had no idea and found out. So there's an amazing article from VentureBeat.com that was so good it became a book about the Xbox. So Microsoft developed the Xbox because Sony made the PlayStation 2, and Sony was advertising the PlayStation 2 as, like, so amazing. It's basically a computer. They called it Mm. revolutionary computer entertainment. Microsoft became concerned the PS2 was going to try to replace PCs completely. Aww. That's cute. Uh, and it didn't. But Microsoft proceeded no, to... <laughs> I, get, I get the fear at the time. Because yeah. they don't know what the future is. They, no they haven't learned about tablets and iPhones yet. So, yeah, that <laughs> makes as much sense as anything does. But it's still adorable in retrospect. Yeah, it's very cute. And, they, yeah. and then Microsoft's plowed $4 billion with a B into developing their own video game console... And part of why they were confident it would be okay is they already had a team that had built their own proprietary graphics system that they thought would be this amazing new graphics system. And that was called DirectX. And so they decided, hey, we'll do like a console based on DirectX. Like it's DirectX in this box. And then you got the name Xbox from that. Ah. That is... That is the funniest thing I think I've ever but heard. But hold on. <laughs> or at least this afternoon. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> what does the X in Direct X stand for? Oh, great question. I don't know. Okay, who can it say? might be Xavier. <laughs> but like it could be it could be direct Xavier. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> like, but like like just, if, if I if I if I may interject here, nunchucks. Yeah. Um <laughs> Like you have to like direct X is one of those goober little programs that it's like, like you have to have direct the latest version of direct X installed to like run some kind of like inconsequential thing. Yeah. It's a pest. So the, right. Yeah. It's, like a, it's a pest. It's like pestware. So the fact that they designed this system around like, it's going to be the direct X system. So we're going to call it the X box. Yeah. You're one stop shop for direct X. <laughs> Oh man, we think some dumb things about the future. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not good with that. Mm-mm, no, we're pretty bad at it. Yeah, especially I feel like every tech launch either burrows into every aspect of our lives or is funny in hindsight. You know, like yeah. it either becomes the dominant thing that will eventually be a chip in our brains, or we're like Microsoft Zune was really funny. What a funny yeah. attempt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's always it's always these massive swings. It's Google Glass. Remember Google Glass? Right. Boy, funny now. Yeah. Almost became yeah. all of our faces. Extremely <laughs> yeah. funny. It could have very easily become all of our faces. Yeah. I don't know. My my opinion is that it never could. 
Like that's how it works is that they introduce mm-hmm. this thing and on the like on paper it's a toss up, but then when you put it into the wild, like we either reject it immediately. Like Google Glass never had a chance. We were like, look, you can put it on your face and record people without their consent at all times. And it was like, uh, no, I think we're good with that. And like, that was that. Like, it was just. So, like, uh, it's just funny how these (laughs) things work. It's a real virtual boy. Yeah. Virtual boy. Oh, sweet virtual boy. Bend your neck at a weird angle and shove your face into this red hellscape. It's like, no, we absolutely don't want to do that. Yeah. They're like, (laughs) hey, you like virtual reality? Well, we can't actually do that. So this is like that. And it's like, absolutely no. Here's a terrible screen pasted to your face. You'll only ever see this (laughs) as a display model in Blockbuster video. That's the only place I ever saw a virtual boy. I ran, okay, I, I, I ran into a virtual boy recently. Uh, at like a cool one of those cool places that you can play video games and they have all the consoles. I don't believe you. Well, there was a, it was like a cool. Pl- it was they had like indoor mini golf. You know what I'm uh, yeah. describing? Tell the here. truth, nunchucks. Yeah, is this real? Tell the truth, yeah, nunchucks. N- it nunchucks. Is real. I feel like you're. I feel like you're. I feel like no. you're spinning a tail. Like you're weaving a weaving a web. My point. My point <laughs> is that like you get very excited and then you bend down and you try to use it and you instantly get less excited because it's yeah it's terrible. There's not yeah. there's not even like a retro like appeal to it. It's just bad. I think what the Google Glass and Virtual Boy touched upon is that we don't generally like technology that has a physical component to it, like a, a, unless meaning, it's really good, right? Like, right, but like me in general, meaning like something we have to like wear mm. or hold or like strap to ourselves. We're just generally not into that. Anyways, that's the story of Direct Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the there's two big takeaways for this main episode, and the last number takes us into them. Last number is over three quarters. And over three quarters is the fraction of the world population that writes using an alphabet of some kind. All right, off of that, we're going to a short break, followed by the big takeaways. See you in a sec. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them and then you just stay there like, like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. Which brings us into takeaway number one. 
the letter X got its shape and its sound from separate parts of a Mediterranean alphabet evolution. And I know, I know that's long, so I'll say it again. The letter X got its shape and its sound from separate parts of a Mediterranean alphabet evolution. Huh. We're going to get into like where the whole Latin alphabet came from, the one we're used to in the English language, and then also so, the letter X, where it came from. So someone had like a sound, and they're like, I really need a shape for this. And someone else yes. had like a shape, and they're like, I really need a sound for this, because I don't want to get rid of this shape. And they like met. And, the, and it's like uh, it's like Reese's where it's like you got your sound stuck in my shape. Uh, Dave, and then it was this beautiful marriage. Dave, that's like exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, that's but with awesome. Whole alphabets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much like the history of a lot of written language. It turns out. Yeah. Sure. Sure. That's wild. Yeah. And there's there's two main sources for this. They're both books. One is called Language Visible by David Sachs. Mentioned it before. The other is called The Letter and the Cosmos by Lawrence Deleuze, who is a languages and literatures professor at the University of Western Ontario. But that figure, over three quarters of people, that comes from David Sachs. It turns out that almost all alphabets in the world have a single root, which was a language written in Egypt in the 2000s BC. And it led to the whole range of alphabets in the world. The most popular one is the Latin alphabet, the one common in English and a lot of other languages. Over 30% of the world population uses it. Uh, but it's also where we got Arabic script, Cyrillic script, Devanagari script, Bengali script. Uh, almost everything except Chinese characters and Japanese characters come from like wow. this alphabetical system that was in uh, originally in, in Egypt about 4,000 years ago. Yeah. So it's like everything else is like fanfic of this... One alphabet, <laughs> like this alphabet is, like is is Twilight, and everything else is Fifty Shades of Grey kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah, where they like split off and did their own thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like that's a that's, that's bit. insightful, nunchucks. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the it turns out the the big exception as alphabets go, not like character based systems, but alphabets is that. The Korean monarchy developed the Hangul script in Korea in the 1400s, totally separate from this. Um, but otherwise, you have branches of Semitic and non-Semitic alphabets coming from uh, this one in Egypt. And yeah. there was one uh, that's very key for a lot of the Latin alphabet and a lot of European alphabets that came from Phoenicia. And Phoenicia was an ancient civilization in modern Lebanon it was a set of independent port cities that did a lot of trading and colonizing all over the Mediterranean. And as they spread, they spread their version of that ancient alphabet from Egypt, which had 22 letters in it, including the forerunner of the letter X. That was there. Wait, so it was a... Explain that it was a port that was... Like yeah, it was a whole group as like of, people came in and out of there and like buying stuff and doing stuff, they would, it would get spread out. Like they were like... Yeah. They're like, we're going to sell you these rugs and we're going to throw in this alphabet as well. And like, you can use <laughs> it if you want. You don't have to. We're just saying it's a really good alphabet. So give it a shot. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like I think Phoenicia is not that famous. Like it doesn't come up with the Romans and, and other ancient peoples right. like it talked about a lot. But it was a set of 
port cities that shared a culture and shared a language. And it, the original ones were cities called Sidon and Tyre and Byblos. Uh, then they also built a lot of colonies, and one of the colonies was Carthage. So the whole Carthaginian civilization that went to war with the Romans, uh, that also sprang from this culture too. Okay. Hmm. And it was it was a culture that a lot of people had to deal with, right? Like that makes sense that it's like yeah. a culture that's just very central would spread their language because it's people would want to communicate with that culture. Yeah. And, and like And then all these people trickling through Phoenicia would have would have looked at X and been like, That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's a sweet letter. <laughs> we need that letter. I want right. to amend my comparison. It's like Half-Life, right? Like all the Half-Life mods. Like yeah. that's what happened. Like this is yeah, Half-Life and everything else is Counter-Strike. Exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, well, we have this system that works. Yeah. We're going to take everything it. Everything else is Gary's mod. Everything else is Gary's mod. Yeah. We're, no, we're going to take it and we're going to play with it and we're going to do other things with it. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Isn't Portal Portal also? Yeah. Portal is, yeah. Oh really? Yeah. yeah, you guys know more about this than I do, but that that might yeah. be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because the because like most of us never think about Phoenicia, but according to David Sachs, they had this twenty-two letter Phoenician alphabet, and we're going to talk about the jumps that led to the Latin alphabet and the one we use today. But that twenty-two letter Phoenician alphabet is the direct source of nineteen letters in our alphabet. Wow, that's most of the letters. Like these people that you maybe have never heard of like format a lot of our alphabet even though we don't speak their language right huh that's interesting that's yeah 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 that's that's most of the alphabet right there yeah 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 and they <laughs> and so the way the jumps happen then is basically other cultures met the phoenicians the other cultures said we already have a spoken language we should just take the phoenician alphabet and start writing our language using it and we'll also modify it a little bit as we go so they, a bunch of other cultures just grabbed it and stole it, but like didn't start speaking Phoenician language. They just said, this is useful for what we say. And so that was what happened. Oh, so they made their own sounds for the different letters? Yeah. They were like, well, this, this, this is T, like T may not sound like T to the Phoenicians, but we're going to use this for our T. Exactly. Like they would, they would maybe keep a sound and a shape if it was convenient to the language they spoke, but otherwise they would put new sounds on existing letters and also maybe come up with a few new letters too. Did we find, was there any letters that stayed the same for everybody? Like, cause I think that would be amazing. Oh. Like if they all looked at an O and they're like, that's an O. Right. Cause like that's o the shape sound. your mouth makes. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. You that's say the, it. Like, exactly. Oh. And they all just agreed like simultaneously without checking with each other. Mm -hmm. Like, was there any, like, what's the perfect letter? The letter that that's, everybody saw man. was like, nope, that's what it that transcends is. all cultures. What letter? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really cool question, and all I know is it's not X. X did not do that. Ah, yeah. Dang. <laughs> I feel like M might be it, because you look at an M, and that just feels like a mmm. Like mm. I feel like M is definitely not it, because it's not that in this <laughs> in the Cyrillic alphabet. It's not? I don't yeah. think so. Man, I could never look at an M and think like T, or something like that. <laughs> like, it's mmm. It's always that. Because also, that surprises like, me. Big, uh, big Sif listeners may remember the mayonnaise episode and remember that at like the end of it, we found out that Tom knows at least a little bit of Russian. Uh, like, I, I, do, I don't want to put yeah. you on the spot and claim it's a lot or something. But you, you like, do, knew yeah. some Cyrillic, and I was like, oh, that's neat. Yeah, I, I, took the, I took Russian in high school. So I remember the alphabet. 
Uh, Do you know how to say nunchucks? It's nunchucks. <laughs> nunchucks is the same, and it's both spelled the same and said the same in every language. It's the one word that transcends all all human culture is nunchucks. Oh, I yeah. mean that does make sense. Babies yeah. are born yeah. knowing it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nunchucks were invented before fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the 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 key change for our alphabet that we use to do English today is that the ancient Greeks borrowed the Phoenician alphabet. And so the ancient Greeks already spoke a Greek language, and, and they had had some previous writing systems. But around 800 BC, the Greeks took it. David Sachs says this was a huge leap. He says that ancient Greek and Phoenician were about as similar as modern English and modern Arabic are today, just completely different wow. backgrounds and sounds and, and situations. But the Greeks take the Phoenician letters, shoehorn their entire language into it, and also the resulting alphabet had 24 letters and was used to record stuff like Homer's Iliad and Homer's Odyssey. It's way more efficient. That's exactly two letters more efficient than ours, right? Yeah. So we're <laughs> yeah. doing it wrong. Uh, Dave, it I, 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 nunchucks, I have to apologize to you. Uh, uh, M is, is M in the Cyrillic alphabet. I was thinking of N. Oh. N in the Cyrillic <laughs> alphabet looks like an H. Oh. oh boy! And backwards N is an E. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, Depending on whether or not there's a little that. accent above it, it can be a different kind of E. But anyway, we can continue. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got the the Greeks take Phoenician letters, and then they from there do some of their own colonizing, and Greek people colonized what's now Sicily and southern Italy. And so they spread the Greek version of the Phoenician alphabet to the Etruscan civilization in northern Italy. The Etruscans shoved their language into it. And then the Romans took that alphabet from the Etruscans and shoved (laughs) their Latin language into that. What is it about this alphabet where everybody's just like, yeah! I get it because yeah. I don't want to invent an alphabet. Right, like, yeah, like all the work's already been done. Yeah, if someone so. else has an alphabet, it's just, yeah, let's grab that. And like, if yeah, if our words are slightly different, we'll, we'll add a few letters in there and if we need it. Like, I don't know. It's like it's like when students like just like plagiarize Wikipedia. I get it. Yeah, you change yeah, a couple like, of words, yeah, but mostly. Yeah. I wonder, uh, numerals must be like a simor- similar story then. Because mm-hmm. we all just use the yeah. same numerals, right? Arabic numerals have definitely, for one reason or another, just been determined to be super useful. And right, they're just the correct yeah. ones. Like That's not everyone cool. uses them, but but they're super, super, super common. And I think especially with yeah. technology requiring you to kind of line up on numbers, yeah. Oh, for sure. As things get more global in general, like there's just certain things we have to. We well, just... That was the whole principle behind like the Latin name of things, but like that's not useful anymore (laughs) (laughs) but i get this with language is that like i i wouldn't (laughs) if people tell me like all right this is your alphabet and this is how you say it i'm not gonna fight them i'll I'll say okay cool i'll learn that like i don't know it's easier that way i get it i'm sorry i'm still thinking about giving everything latin names that's like the real direct xbox of yeah oh yeah (laughs) of academia (laughs) surely we will all speak latin so let's just make sure this will never outlive its usefulness it really is yeah google glass (laughs) surely everybody will like this 
like it, it's sort of an older style of education in Britain and America and, and Canada, but like I feel like learning Latin was the having to update plugins. Like I have to do more of this <laughs> again. Yeah. Again? Yeah. Why? Can't I just live? Like, come on. Right? Can I just exist? <laughs> yeah. It, well, it was requirement in like seventh grade in my school. And then the next year we got to take whatever language we want. Nice. So like their their logic was, well, Latin's the building block to so many languages. And then, of course, I took Russian. So it was like, <laughs> this is useless. Well, not that. <laughs> Except that. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, like, yeah, pretty separate. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a building block to like some languages. Yeah, <laughs> not all of them. <laughs> Norfolk Collegiate High School. <laughs> oh, way, way yeah. to call them out! Hell yeah, I did. dang. So they, I shouldn't they, go there. Listen, right? they no, you shouldn't. You definitely shouldn't go there. <laughs> they know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> And, and uh, so that that's the evolution, and very separate from Cyrillic, but uh, that's how we got from the Phoenicians to our Latin alphabet. Because, you know, then the Romans spread it across their empire, including England and Wales, and so it got there. Right. But within that process, the shape and the sound kind of separately happened, because the Greeks had a letter that they took from the Phoenicians that looks like our letter X, but it the name of it sounds like Chi. It's usually spelled C-H-I in, in like Latin alphabet. And so that was how they said that and used that. But when the Etruscans took it on, they said, okay, this letter's changing sounds completely. And so they started using it to represent the sound X, like the, the one we're used to, and that, that influenced right. Latin. And so in English then, not only does the letter X kind of come along shape and sound-wise separately, but that's part of why X sounds like a bunch of different things in English. Because if a word has Latin roots, X sounds a lot like that letter X most of the time. Like a great example ah. is the word exact. That sounds X-ish. But then right. in like Greek-based words, it'll sound like something else. Like in xylophone or xenophobe or a lot of other Greek-based words, X is doing a different thing. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It also, like, it, it feels like a filler le letter, too, so I don't mind, where it's like you just have a sound, and you're like, oh, we don't really have a, le let's just put an X there. Right. That'll, you know, yeah. that'll do the sound. It feels, it feels like X is one of those people that gets hired to do one job that's really three jobs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what comp X is. company yeah. that's trying to cut corners on hiring, so like, yeah, we'll just get one person for this. It's like, well, this is really two letters. Right, X is doing a lot of work. Ah, we just need the one letter. Yeah, yeah. Our our, our language is um, not great, is it? Yes. Like, yeah. The, the English language is very dumb. Yeah, we're sort of flying by the seat of our pants here. Yeah, and uh, another dumb language, Latin. Last last thing about the letter X's background here is that if I'm reading my sources right. Romans were both using the letter X as a letter and using an X shape to be their number 10. If you know Roman numerals, yeah. an X is a 10. Yeah. And those, so they were that's just why like... why it all fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the Roman it's Empire? Yeah. dummies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that bugs me to no end where it's like, what if we make our letters also our numbers? And it's like, what if you don't? What if you <laughs> take one moment to think up some new shapes and not confuse us? Sorry. Yeah. See, you were... Go on, go on. No, I'm just very upset kind of about a thing. those. But yeah. then, and then the other layer on that, 
like a less famous thing about Romans, because they're known for speaking Latin, is that kind of the whole eastern half of the empire and also a lot of the rich people spoke just as much Greek, if not more. Like Greek was the language of the East and the language of fancy people and a lot of administration and stuff. And so that meant a lot of Romans of that type were like using a Latin letter X and a Roman numeral X and then also still using the Greek language and using that chi letter that looks like an X. Uh, I think simultaneously in their lives all of the time. Yeah, this is a problem. Yeah, yeah, this is... Those dummies. What were they doing? Real what were fools, they doing? Real fools. The whole well, yeah. the whole point of a letter is you, you shouldn't need clarification, right? You shouldn't read something <laughs> and then go, okay, so I have like six questions. Right. Um, which one is which one is that one? Which one is that one? Okay, is that ten or is that okay? All right, which one is that one? Like that's that defeats the purpose of language, right? <laughs> it's so so. Just don't, yeah. I'm very upset. I love that like movies were like married to using Roman numerals to date their films. It's just like guys, let's stop being let's cut cut the shit. Right. <laughs> just, just just use just use the real numbers. Yeah. Right at it like in in America we can only manage to use Roman numerals in a couple incredibly specific contexts where the context yes. clues will be very easy. Like if right. we tried to do more of that, it we'd fall apart. And the Romans just did this all the time. It'd be chaos. Like, yeah. And why do we do it? It doesn't save space. Like it's yeah. not like if, like X uh, I. That's a that's eleven. It's like yeah, but you could also just write eleven, and that'll take up the same amount of time. Like what? What, what are you time. doing? What is yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one less stroke. That's it's yeah. an X. You got to do three, or well, you got to uh, the two and then the one, and it's like no, you just do twice. It's I don't know. It's it's bonkers. It was a mistake. Is my point. Yeah, I feel like we all know this at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's telling. It's telling that, and I'm I, I'm going to definitively say this. Uh, I don't care whether or not it's true. It's telling that the only two cultures that have used Roman numerals are the Roman Empire and America. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is that really it? And we use it as like Mm. for like novelty, it feels like. Why do we do it? I guess the British Empire. I think we kind of got it from them, though. It's all one thing. Yeah. 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 Listen, I said straight away that I didn't care whether or not what I was about to say was true. (laughs) (laughs) This this isn't a show about facts. I made it very clear that what came out of my face next was very possibly not going to be accurate at all. But you're going to say it with but confidence. But I'm going to say it with so much confidence. So Listen, that's that's the kind of if you want people to start calling you nunchucks, that's the kind of confidence you yeah. have. I, I was going to say this is big new name energy. I like it. Like a new a new name's coming. Yeah. I can feel it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get a nunchucks tattooed on my chest. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, there's uh, there's just one other takeaway for the main episode. It's pretty quick too. Let's get into it. Takeaway number two: using the letter X to shorten the word Christmas is actually a longtime Christian tradition. Ah. I I always assumed it was like modern and lazy. It actually goes back a ways. Oh wow! It does feel like it does feel like modern and modern in like fifties modern. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I actually knew this at one point from like 
I don't know, some Dan Brown book or something like that. Like, it feels like it'd be in one of those. Like, it, it, I know I know, I knew this at one point, but please explain. It, it would be really funny if Dan Brown was my source. I would love that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and here he is. <laughs> like, to, uh, Tom Hanks in a blazer and a real serious face is like yeah. my... <laughs> With half-inch long hair extensions. Oh, God. Humongous, right? Beautiful. Woven into his yeah. head. Yeah, distracting. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we got a... Yeah, we're talking about Xmas, which I, I don't know if it's just the US, but it's a common shortening of the word Christmas. And the key sources here are a Snopes piece by David Mickelson and a Vox.com piece by Brandon Ambrosino. And Snopes kind of runs down... The myths about this word Xmas, they say one myth is that it was like concocted by by secular people and atheist people to remove Christ from Christmas. You know, right. that's not that's not what's going on. Another myth is that the letter X is being used by Christians because like an X resembles a cross. And so it still has impact that way. But that's not true either. That's not where it comes from. No, because it doesn't look like a cross at all. I don't know what they're talking about. It looks like a cross that <laughs> fell over. I mean, it looks like a cross if you're like British and you're talking about knots and crosses, but like, sure, that's no. <laughs> right. Is the real reason because Jesus was straight edge? Oh, is that it? Je- Jesus was CM Punk. He was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All comes back to wrestling, folks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, my the- God. Does it mean extremeness? Oh, <laughs> please tell me it means extremeness. <laughs> Oh man, was Jesus eating nachos? Right. <laughs> Wearing Oakley. Nacho cheese. <laughs> Doritos. Wearing Oakley yeah. wraparounds. Yeah, it's the because Jesus spins a chair around backwards and then sits in it. And everyone took right. that to be really meaningful and powerful, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty extreme. Myself included. It's the most profound profound yeah. aspect of his teachings. Yeah. <laughs> He was the cool teacher. Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, no, so uh, the the origins of it are like, because I, I, I really, I think I even had a CCD teacher in, in Catholic upbringing, like, to, like mention once, don't use Xmas. It's like an anti-Christian, too modern thing. But this goes all the way back to that Greek language and how they used X shapes that, that do not sound like the letter X. Because in the Greek language, they're, they have a very similar word for Christ. It is Christos. And when you write that in Greek, the first letter is chi. It's that X-shaped letter that doesn't sound like an X. It sounds like yeah. the start of Christos. And so like going way, way back, the that shape was used as like, oh, this has something to do with shorthand for, for Jesus. And then also the the second letter in Greek in Christos is a letter called Rho, um, but it's shaped sort of like a Latin alphabet P. Uh, and so I sent you guys a picture of what became known as Chi Rho. It's the the X shape and and that sort of P shape mashed together into one symbol that became another like symbolic shorthand for Christ in the early church and with early Christians. So no matter what, it came down to everybody saying. Christmas, that's too long to write. Mm-hmm. Like, we just, we want a shorter version. <laughs> like, it's still that. It's 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 coming out of, yeah, yeah, out of the religion. But it's still people being like, eh, Christmas, too long. Also, Cairo, the symbol, looks like one of the, something you draw in your notebooks in middle school. Mm-hmm. 
Like it looks kind of like that S. Awesome. Yeah, it looks it, awesome. It looks awesome it is looks what I'm rad. saying. Yeah. But yeah, it looks pretty sweet. Yeah. That is cool, though. I like that. Mm-hmm. And because the, the other part of its popularity was, I, I think, badass in general because it's military stuff. But it, it became known as the Cross of Constantine. Because according to legend mm-hmm. in the 300s AD, the Christian Roman Emperor Constantine took that symbol, put it on everybody's stuff before a battle, and then they won the, won the battle. And so it, it <laughs> okay. also has like a military vibe, which which people found cool. Huh. Extreme. Yeah. Yeah, it's extreme. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty chill. Yeah. No, I I like the idea that he he's like or like before the war, he's like, all right, all right, all right, hang on, hang on, hang on. And he just like took the time to put his little brand on everybody. <laughs> Brought his yeah. Sharpie out and like just put it on everybody's stuff. Listen, he understood the importance of branding. He understood the importance <laughs> of branding. <laughs> But yeah, and so, uh, so yeah, from that, like, very old route, and, and it's like you said, Dave, like, it is still about shortening, and so if, if people have a problem right. with that, that general element, I, then that, okay, that makes sense. But this is not a new thing. It's a thing that goes back, you know, up to, up to 1700 years. Uh, right. Vox says there's examples of British periodicals using Xmas, also using the verb Xmasing in the 1800s. There's also a piece of writing from the year 1021 that uses XPMAS because they're using the entire cross of Constantine in the writing, yeah. but like trying uh, trying to write a short version of Christmas with the whole thing in it. God, that didn't right. work out at all. Yeah, yeah that's they didn't, added they another syllable. Off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> XPMAS is weird. Yeah. <laughs> you did it wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's not the longest word to just write. So like I yeah I I almost That's have a problem it. where I'm like just write just write it out I guess but I get it is people you know people got stuff to do yeah Xmas and also yeah Xmas does look cool because it looks like X Men uh, you know <laughs> yeah so that's neat yeah it's, it's it all comes back to that the important function mean- of X is to be cool right so could <laughs> X Men be Christ Men like is that uh, a, a translation? That's where their true power lies, Dave. Yeah, nunchucks. I mean, <laughs> Chris Claremont. Chris Claremont. Pretty close. Pretty close. Just, I love the idea of like a super Christian X Men. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Trying to tell Magneto about their love of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They save the day, and then they're like, "And we have some booklets to pass out." Right, Everybody's like, "That's right. fine. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you." It's like an episode uh, of Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, <laughs> where he, is he I've never watched down. it. Is he super Christian? Is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that didn't either. Know that. But, but it, yeah, he'll yeah, chase sense. people down with his uh, uh, just incredible hair and, and orange skin. Uh, mm-hmm. And this would be incredibly, it'd be incredibly violent and crass when apprehending people. And then when he's got him in his car and he's taking him to jail, he'll start talking to him about Jesus. It's pretty, wow. it's pretty sweet. Okay, that's a wilder <laughs> show than I expected. Wow, uh, and I already thought it was a bounty hunter show. You know what I mean? Like, it wow, is. Yeah, yeah. It's every it's every inch layer. of it is a bounty hunter show. It is exactly <laughs> as trashy as you're expecting. It just has this additional element of he will also talk to people about Jesus. <laughs> that's like his finisher move. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's his tombstone pile driver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, man now i'm thinking about austin 316 is christianity just in everything is it everywhere yeah. i think it's everywhere. yeah cool it's great just, yeah, it I, permeates I think, all of it yeah. you know i think yeah i think it's everywhere yeah, yeah. cool great 
When, while you're doing it, you can say Xmas. It goes way back. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, not a problem. So that means the, X, the the theme song to the X-Men animated series is a Christmas carol. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see why why not. I want carolers to show up. Yes. Now. Show up at the door just like, no, 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 no. That would be amazing. Yeah. I'd give them all the c- cookies and milk. I'd give them everything in my house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is the main episode for this week. My thanks to David Christopher Bell and Tom Ryman for getting extreme about having fun with this. Anyway, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com. Patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is the mathematical variable X and the very strange mathematical field it came from. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show for a library of six dozen other bonus shows and to back this entire podcast operation. Not for nothing, there's also a live episode on Saturday, and you have to be a patron to be able to attend. But then once you are a patron, free, you're in. Awesome. And thank you for exploring the letter X with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, the letter X got its shape and its sound from separate parts of a Mediterranean alphabet evolution. Takeaway number two, using the letter X to shorten the word Christmas is a longtime Christian tradition. And then a humongous stats and numbers section this week, everything from how the X-Men got popular to how often you'll find X's in your English. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. David Christopher Bell and Tom Ryman are the two heads of a fantastic podcast network and streaming channel that is called Gamefully Unemployed. It's also home to the show Fox Mulder is a Maniac, which if you're an X-Files person is the best show you could possibly hear. You can also find Tom Ryman's writing at Collider.com and at 1-900-HOT-DOG, David Bell's writing at the Somewhere News YouTube channel and also his film scripts. Incredible stuff all the time from both these guys. Please check it out. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. It's really two key books. I got to read a lot of neat books this week, and one of them is called Language Visible, Unraveling the Mystery of the Alphabet from A to Z, and that is by classic scholar David Sachs. And another book called The Letter and the Cosmos, that is by Lawrence Deleuze, who is a languages and literatures professor at the University of Western Ontario. Plus, tons of great internet sources this week, in particular a piece from Box.com by Brandon Ambrosino. Find those and many more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken Unshaven by The Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. I also hope you love the live show on Saturday, the first one ever 
because you are a patron, you get in for free. You're going to love it. And of course, thank you to all our listeners. I'm thrilled to say we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then. <laughs>